0: Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message.
1: 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4. through four. Now, therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's pray. Father, we come to you one more time in the name of Jesus, asking for your blessings over your word today. Let the Holy Spirit come, the one that makes teaching and preaching possible and brings understanding to our heart about your word. And I know each person here will be careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise, and we ask it in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Uh, I've seen a poem, it's been out since about 1997, but I will read it to you. And then we're going to expound upon it because there's some deep uh, doctrinal truths inside of this poem. I believe it was inspired by God uh, for the most part. It says, I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Spirit is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I'm not a baby. I don't need to be pampered, petted, primped up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I love this. I am not a wimp. I am in my place saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. And if I end up with nothing, that's okay. I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all my need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. Love this here. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from his battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I'm marching, claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And I mean, there is so many truths inside of that, especially the first few paragraphs. You can find that on the Internet. Just type in, I'm a soldier of God, poem, and you'll find it. And I now on Wednesday night, I brought out the four first points that I wrote down, and I'm going to touch on them just real quickly, but I don't have the time to expound upon them like I did Wednesday night because we have much more to cover this morning. Number one, I'm a soldier in the army of my God. We... We have to realize that there is the implication that we're a soldier. We don't pick up M-16s or grenade launchers. Now, I served in the military, and I know what it's like to be a soldier. You have to be fully committed. You have to obey the commands of those over you, or you will not make it on the battlefield, period. When you hear about people dying in the military, I'm not saying that's all cases, but a lot of times, they, and I know when I was in the military, they weren't obeying orders and you have to obey the orders and the training you've been giving in the military, and you just simply will not make it. And you, you, I was a good fit for the military, believe it or not. When I went in, I, I understood just to listen and keep my mouth shut. I got that concept day one because drill sergeants were there, and I said, I do not want to deal with them. So I, for once in my life, I was actually quiet in boot camp. I did, my wife found that really hard to believe. But I kept my mouth shut and I did what they told me to do. They asked me, what are you doing here? And I said, whatever you tell me to do, drill sergeant. He said, outstanding answer. And that's the way you have to look at Christianity. What's my purpose here? Whatever Jesus Christ tells me to do. I am a soldier in his army. I'm available and I'm ready to be out on this battlefield. We have so many Christians wrapped up in everything but what God has called us to do. This life... This life, we've been given one shot by God to come out on his battlefield and wage war against the enemy. And we need to show up and be that soldier. We got too many people that don't. They want to be sideline participants. They want to cheer other people on. My friends, when you're saved into this kingdom, you become a soldier in God's army. If you're truly a Christian, if you're truly a Christian, and I'll explain more about the warfare. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about picking up physical guns and going out and, and shooting people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about waging war against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Number two... My commanding officer is Jesus Christ. It's not a preacher. It's not JSM. It's not the church of God. Those people are not my commanding officer. I'm not saying they can't be used as a good tool to to give us uh, uh, good doctrine uh, coming forth and good teaching, good preaching. Uh, There's certainly good uses for a denomination, but they are not my commanding officer. Uh, They are not my covering. I do not look to them for my help. My help comes from on high. The best that I can look at somebody in another church or a TV ministry is that we're locked arms together, going forward the same purpose, waging the same war on the same battlefield. If you uh, read the hymn this morning, we were singing that song. It's one together in unity around the cross of Christ, waging the same battle where we're, we should all be as one. And the Holy Scripture, number three, is my code of conduct. I go by the Bible. I don't go by books. I, look, if you read a devotional, great. I got one I read every morning. If you read books by men, that's okay. But if you truly want to know how you're supposed to live this Christian life, add to it, the well, let me back up. The Word of God should be first. Then you add your other stuff, your devotional and things like that. I got some great devotionals out there. I, I add them into my Bible reading. But to truly know what God said, it doesn't come from the mouth of men. It comes from the Word of God. And that Bible you hold in your hands is not just wrote by men and their feelings. That was inspired by the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Paul said it is breathed by God is what Scripture is. So that's the last word when it comes to the code of conduct. Faith and prayer and the word of my weapons of warfare. That's how I wage war against the enemy. Number one, my faith. The devil can't, I love in that poem, hell can't handle me. And here's why hell can't handle me. I have my failures just like you. You have your failures. Every one of us are a frail, weak human being at best. At best. You hear me? We're all in that same boat, but... When we understand the cross of Christ, we understand where our faith should be. Then the devil has no hold on us. Sin doesn't rule and reign in our life anymore. And then the devil, he certainly cannot stand you. I thought about the disciples and... In Matthew, uh, I think it was 14, and Jesus sent them out on the ocean. They were gathered up. A lot of people there said, I want you to get in the boat and go to the other side, I'll, and I've got praying to do. And in the middle of this, on their journey, what God has sent them to do, Satan comes in, and there's a storm on the ocean. And we know from Job, and we know from uh, uh Writings of Paul in Ephesians 2 and 2 that the devil has control over the air. And they found themselves in a situation when they were told in doing the work of God, they found themselves in a bad situation. And it looked like things were fixing to come unhinged. And then, could you imagine this little old boat out in the middle of an ocean? I can only imagine their time. No lights and dark and... Uh, At best, maybe they had a candle and these waves are kicking and lightning is crashing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and calms the situation. Look, God didn't say you wouldn't be without storms in life. He didn't say when you were out in this battlefield waging war that the devil wouldn't come against you. As a matter of fact... As a matter of fact, when you start to get out on this battlefield and you actually start engaging in spiritual warfare with the enemy, get ready. Your family, your friends, people around you never thought would come against you will start coming against you in some of the most unexpected ways. But it takes somebody like Jesus Christ, my faith, in that finished work to step out on the water and say... Be not afraid. It is I. These were the same words that came from out of the bush in Exodus 3. with That, that burning bush when he spoke to Moses and said, I am. It carries with it the same meaning. And when Jesus said, don't be afraid, it is I. And he spoke to the storm and it calmed down. And it's no different when you're in this war, waging war against the enemy of our soul. Friends, if you get out here and you truly work for God, you better be a soldier in God's army or you're not going to make it. The devil will eat you up and spit you out. I've been around long enough to know this, that if you're truly doing something for God, get ready. Get ready, it's coming. It's not a point of, well, it might happen or not. If you're truly doing something for God, you better have faith. You better know how to pray. And you better know that Bible is your weapon of warfare. Or you will not make it. What will happen to you is you'll start blaming you, yourself, uh, people around you. You'll start blaming the church. It'll be every excuse under the sun. And you will not make it in this warfare. Because you will be taken down. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that to discourage you. I say that to encourage you to be ready because if your faith is in the right place and your prayer is where it should be, if you're praying, make an attempt to have that relationship with God, if you're standing on the Word, you'll hear those words in the middle of the storm, don't be afraid. It is I. And Jesus Christ will show up, and he'll wage the war for you. Amen. I've called up to where we were Wednesday night. There you go. So now let's talk about something new. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit and trained by experience, it said in that poem. In John 14 and 26, these are the words of Jesus. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. I am taught by the Holy Spirit. That is our teacher. Yes, you have to read your word. But my friends, when you read that word, you need the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. This is why Pentecostal churches, I'll I'll go with the Church of God because that's what I know most about. It's our denomination. And a long time ago, somebody understood that the Scripture pointed to a secondary work of grace called the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And it is an event that happens, it's subsequent to salvation, meaning it happens after you're saved, that you can experience another work of the Holy Spirit And that movement of Pentecostalism has swept the globe. And since Azusa Street Revival at the breaking of 1900, around 1910, I think I'm right on that, somewhere in that area. And since then, billions of people across the globe have experienced this other act of grace sent from heaven. And and Jesus said he would send him. And I'll prove to you it's Secondary. When Jesus was rose from the dead, we see that he shows up where the disciples are, and he appears in the room A resurrected Christ. He, said, he breathed on them, and he said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. That was salvation. Now, I've got people who disagree with me on that, but it was an event that happened. That's when salvation started. The cross was accomplished. His death had happened, and then we had the resurrection. It was complete. And he breathed upon him and said, Receive you, the Holy Spirit. Then not much after that, before he ascended, he's standing there and he tells him, But before you go do anything, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. And I want you to receive the promise of the Father. I'm going to send that comforter back. And it's going to come in a new dimension, a new realm. And he said, You're going to receive power. And it means, it means, the word literally means explosive power. My friends, you have not even touched on the things of God unless you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sorry, my Baptist friends. There is only one evidence that is given in the Word of God that you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I've heard people say all kinds of stuff. My favorite one, I love to give this testimony when I'm talking about this. If you've heard it, just stand still for a moment and it's okay. You'll get to hear it again. If you haven't, you're going to get to hear something. I was at the prison and I was we was around a table with other ministers from different denominations getting ready. We were doing revival across the campus at Parchman. And, we, and I noticed one of the Baptist ministers had an expositor study Bible. And he, uh, I mean, out of the blue, he says to me, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I don't think speaking in uh, tongues is the only evidence. I just don't believe that. I believe in now, but there's other things that can happen. Somebody can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, well, have you received it? He said, oh, yeah, me and my wife both at the house. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, we had our Bible open. We were reading, and we said, if this thing is real baptize us in the Spirit. And my wife, she was doing dishes. She began to speak in other tongues. And then she come over and laid hands on me, and I began to speak in other tongues. I said, okay. Well, all right. (laughs) I I wasn't going to fight with him. I know what the initial physical evidence is. I've got my opinion of why. Because the Bible says that the, the tongue no man can contain. You think about it; things can fly out our mouth. No man. <laughs> I see somebody back there laughing. There, things will come out our mouth. We sometimes we don't even mean to say. No man can control the tongue. But the Holy Spirit can come in and control that tongue. If you don't know all about it, don't don't walk away confused today. This is how I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was at Stonefield Church of God. And they didn't get that detailed about it with me. They just talked about I'd heard something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I asked God, I said, God, if this thing is real, I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I, I need it, Lord. I need this. If it's real. And I stepped out that back pew. And began to walk down the aisle. And before I could get down front. I, I think right when I hit the front. I, I began to speak in another tongue. Nobody had to lay hands on me. Nobody had to do anything. My wife. Right here. Right sitting behind Bob. She had been in a Pentecostal denomination her whole life. And I stood up here. I preached a sermon. God had laid a sermon on my heart. To preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. First Sunday, it, it was awful. Come back second Sunday, same thing. Third Sunday, I, I started the same thing. Just awful. I couldn't get words out. And I, and I closed my book and I said, I don't know why that God had me preach a sermon, but there's got to be a reason. I've messed it up. So the only thing I know to do is give an altar call. And when I did, my wife stepped out in the of the middle aisle, and raised her hands and began to speak in other tongues. Don't tell me this ain't real. I'm the one you couldn't convince, honey. I'm the one that went out of a Pentecostal church saying, I don't want any of this. She tried to carry me down there, and we went there, and I looked in that glass window, and I seen them elderly sisters running around in there, Brother Randy, you know, had the bobby pins and the hair and the dress. I said, oh, No. I'm not going up in there, and I know God has a sense of humor because he carried me right back to that same church, baptized me in the Holy Spirit, and saved me at that altar, right there where I was making fun of them women. Don't tell me this is not real. If you want to take your understanding of God to the next level, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need this guidance of the Holy Ghost. That's how I can stand up here and speak with authority. God's Word is by His Spirit only. It gives you new understanding. It puts the words in your mouth when you don't have any. The last thing I thought I'd be doing is preaching. (sighs) I, I, when I got the call, I walked in my wife, and I told her, I said, I feel like a call of God is on my life. And she said, well, if I wanted to marry a preacher, I'd have married one and turned around and walked out of the room. That was the response I got. She'd come back the next day. We didn't talk at night. She said, if you mean this, and you're going to do it, I'll stick beside you. And any time now that I have one of my little pity parties about ministry, she'll walk in her, you ain't quitting Nothing. You're going to get right back up there and go after it again. That's what helpmates are for. I had been taught by the Holy Spirit. Let's train by experience. Nothing takes the place of experience in a church. Folks, your faith's going to be tested. And I know, with anything, though, in our Christian walk, here's the most valuable lesson, the most precious thing to me is I've learned more and more what it means to be long suffering. I know what it means to wait when you're not hearing from God. I know what it, what I'd have to latch on to when I don't have the strength going forward. I know what it's like when people are laughing at you and telling you this will never work. I know what that feeling is like. And then God will come in when you least expect it and show you that you're heading in the right direction. I, it was about three years ago. Lauren Larson was on the way up here. And I, I got to the point, I said, you know what, Lord." I'm just ready to, you know, I'm the preacher, to be honest with you. I'm just ready to go home. I'm tired of fighting this. My body, and I I had a surgery go bad. I was weak. I did not my mind, just wasn't where it needed to be strength-wide. My faith was waning. And God, I'm trying to push through, and I'm not finding the strength. And it just seemed like all this was a mistake. And I had the TV paused. And when he called me, Lauren called me, and I paused the TV. I was watching uh, JSM. And after we talked, he said, I'm on the way. I'm ready to see your new sanctuary and all that. And I said, well, don't get too excited. We're still working on it. And then I hung up that phone with him, and I I paused that TV where it was at. And the moment I paused it, there was Brother Swagger said, and there I was building a sanctuary that seated 7,000 people. And we're running 300. Didn't make a whole lot of sense at the time. And when he said that, it just shot through me. This is the Holy Spirit. Be patient. Wait. I told you to do it. Just wait. And folks, I, can't, I, I think back now just the things that have happened in the last year. What if I were to quit? And you think in your own life, what if you'd have quit Christianity? What if you quit today? What if you said, I'm never going back? You will miss so many things God has planned for you. Just because you're in a storm. Just because things are not going your way. This is where you have to lean into the Holy Spirit. And you're trained by experience. And you learn. And you grow as you go through adversity. I'm, tried, I'm speaking of adversity. I'm tried by adversity and tested by fire. James 1 Verses two and four. I'll give you a moment to turn there. I want you to see this, James chapter one. This is the half brother of Jesus, the one that thought his brother had done, <laughs> lost his mind, claiming to be the Messiah. And then after he sees Christ arose from the dead, then he's converted and he accepts it. out of his own family. He accepts him as Savior, and this is his epistle that he wrote out of. And I know that I know that James went through much. No doubt he, he waged warfare in his mind of the things he fought mentally. My brethren counted, uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. I'm sorry if I didn't tell you. My brethren counted all joy when we fall into different temptations. It says diver temptations. That's what it means. Divers means different. Knowing this, that the trying your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect, entire, and wanting in nothing. When the temptations come, I know not many of us are going to go. Woo, thank you for that trial, Lord. I needed that today. Thank you for making my bank account go to zero. Thank you, Lord, for that disease I just come up with. I'm so glad I got to have an operation next month. I don't know that anybody said that. I know I haven't. And I don't think me, I don't know that anybody ever has. But what does it say? Count it all joy.
0: Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. If you are enjoying the sermon you are hearing, we need your help. We do not sell any advertising on this station. You will not hear any third-party ads. This radio ministry operates by donations only. So we need your prayers and financial gifts to keep bringing Christ and Him crucified to the world. Let God use you to keep power of the cross radio going around the globe. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you. Now back to the message.
1: You know why you can count it all joy? Because I know there's somebody there with me in the middle of this. I know I'm not alone. I know when I'm in this warfare, this is good. I know that I'm not alone in the middle of what I'm going through. I know that I'm out on this battlefield, my Lord, and I know that i got things happening that I don't want to happen. I have to understand that I can take it for joy because, number one, I know the enemy can't stand me. When the devil can't stand you, he's got a target on you. He's going to put the biggest place you're going to have war after warfare at is in the battlefield of your mind. You're not going to make it. Give up. You're not worth anything. And here's how the world handles it. Well, let's get you on a pill. You go to the preacher. Well, I, I, I'm not, I don't know what to do. What, what do I do? How'd do I quit smoking? Well, maybe you're not trying hard enough. I got told that, and why, when I got told that, I had a nicotine patch on my arm, nicotine gum in my mouth, and a pack of Marlboros in the front pocket, a pack of Marlboros in the back pocket. And you telling me I'm not trying? <laughs> Try harder. I'm doing all I can. I done lost three teeth. Nicotine gum's hard. What do I do? Friends, you're going to be tested by fire. And that is no answer that I got to try harder. That's no answer that maybe something's wrong with me. Look, there's something wrong with everybody in this world. If you haven't noticed, most Christians are kind of weird. Amen, Brother Wilson. <laughs> we're not. Sometimes we're not all we're we're not all there. Sometimes. But one thing about it, so is if you hang in there long enough, you're going to be tried by adversity. You're going to be tested by fire, and you will be brought through. Let patience have her perfect work. Patience is not easy, boy. We live in an age right now. Everybody's got to have it right now. If it don't happen in a month, well, it ain't. God ain't in it. <laughs> That's the way I feel. That's the way people've made me feel about things. Not anybody sitting here. today I will qualify that. But I've many times over, sanctuary. If God didn't do it in a month, it surely it ain't of God. If God didn't do it in a couple years, it ain't of God. Look, I've, you read the testimony behind me. Look at Moses. It took 40 years, 40, 40, to get Moses out of Egypt. It took 40 to get Moses out of Egypt. Then he had to go sit another 40 years. And then God had to threaten to kill his kid to go get him to do what he wanted to do. 80 years old and had to still threaten him. And this is the man that stood at the burning bush. Let me tell you what, sometimes you got to have patience. I'm praying God will do something before 80 years old. Abraham, God would send him out and say, go look at the stars. Abraham walked out and said, a lot of them, God. I know, and that's how many, how many people you're going to have from, come from out of your loins. That's going to be the generations of you. Go count the sand. Count the grains. That's how many children. Abraham's rolling along, doing everything God tells him. He gets to be 80, 90, 100. Here I am almost 100 years old, and it still ain't happening. Then it all happens at once. If God's told you something, have patience. Let it be tried by fire, and it'll be refined like gold and shining when you come out on the other end. I'm a volunteer in this army, and I'm enlisted for eternity. If you're in it to win it, live it. Hear me. If you're in it to win it, if you want the prize, it's ahead. Here's the, what's the prize, Brother Wilson? It's not a new car. I want you know I, I, I'm the preacher to tell you, I want you to have a new car. I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a good home. I want you to have a good job. I want you to be blessed beyond measure. I want you to be in good health and prosper. I love that by Brother John when he wrote that. Above all, I pray you're in good health and you prosper. And I want you to understand how to tithe, too. And we move forward. But you know what the prize is? That's not none of the prize. That's just blessings. Here's the prize. That I get to live with him for eternity. There's people everywhere trying to make their self live for eternity. There's people that put the, put my name on the bill. My family's going to get millions of dollars. And I, look, we've had them over here. Put your name on it. Put them on a pew. Put them on this. And things change in life. Or I, my, boy, I'm going to carry my name on some. Somebody remember my name. And folks, the reality is with all of us, those things are not going to last. That is all temporal here upon this earth. All temporal. It's just temporary at very best. But one thing that will carry with you forever is when you go into glory. That is the prize. I just, man, I want to jump up on some of these platforms and some of these preachers just slap them. Well, yeah, all this stuff you just told, you've got the opportunity to witness to the world. And all you're telling about is these things down here. Honey, that stuff, it don't matter to me anymore talking about the money here and the money there and, and relationships here on this earth. I get that. I understand that. and I, 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 I work them into my sermons. But there's one thing that I can guarantee you as a soldier of God and you're on this battlefield going into eternity I promise you that one day when God calls you off this battlefield you will be with him in eternity and there will walk streets of gold. There will see things our eyes have never even thought possible and better than all that better than all that go ahead that's the pride but better than all that you're going to stand around a throne one day and we're going to sing songs praise ye the Lord all of heaven is going to erupt into a shout there's going to be stringed instruments and whatever a psaltery is I really don't know but they got them in heaven They got stringed instruments. They got drums. They got horses. There will be even bells in heaven. Them bells will have holiness to the Lord, wrote down them. This is a beautiful place. That is the prize ahead for those soldiers who stay on the battlefield. Live it. You ain't living it. You're not going to make it off this battle. You never were on the battlefield. You never even made it out of boot camp. You never even made it out of boot camp if you're not living it. Here's what the Word says. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, you could be the best football player there is. But if you don't show up for practice, if you don't show up for the games, what good are you? None. Absolutely none. I promise you, when you see people like Jerry Rice, I mean, that dude's like a lightning rod running across the football field. Going back to old days. I don't know about now, but I know the old days. Jerry, uh, Jerry Rice, man, he'd take off running. Whoo! I mean, it would like a rocket running across that football field. I'd get excited watching Jerry Rice run. Man, look at that guy. I wish I could do that. And you know what? He didn't get that way just one day out of. I know he's got raw talent, I understand that, but it took practice. It took a lot of practice out on that field and showing up and being patient and going through trials and tribulations. He just didn't get there overnight. It took time. And you, you're not going to have it all in God's kingdom in one day. You've got to show up to practice. You've got to show up in the game. You've got to be out there waging war against the devil. And don't tell me God don't promote. Don't look to men and women to promote you because people are so self-centered and greedy. They don't want to see people get ahead of them. But when God's in it, when God's in it, no man can stop you what's assigned to you from on heaven. I'm a volunteer and I'm enlisted for eternity. From the time that I said yes to Jesus Christ in July of 2005, from then on into eternity, I belong to Him. Until He calls me off His battlefield, I am here for Him. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. 1 John 5 and 13, these things I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've got too far to go. I've done come too far. I'm not going to let people push me out of this. There is nothing, not a single thing any person could do to me in this Christian walk to knock me out. Even through my failures, you hear me. Even through my failures, nobody will knock me out of this. Men and women do not call you. Men and women will tell you to sit down. I think the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life is I'd heard a not the preacher, not what his failure. This ministry failed. This was in the church of God. He had failed. And it was bad. I but you have to understand. When I read that Bible, I see a lot of people with a lot of failures. I'm not condoning it, but even the man that brought the bloodline of Jesus Christ was guilty of adultery. He was accessory to murder. I mean, we in, in no way, and he paid for it. He paid for it dearly. Cost him a lot in his life. King David, he paid a great price. He liked to have his life taken on many. He had to hide in caves. He lost his firstborn child. King David paid a lot of price for his sin. But yet the Redeemer was brought through him. But I heard this Church of God minister failed. And they wanted him to report to his district overseer and mow grass is a penance. And my first thought was who are you? If God called that man to, to minister, here's what God said in his word the call of God is without repentance. And that means when God calls you, even being a Christian, you can't just give it back. The only thing that can happen is you quit. There is no man or woman that has the authority on this earth, I don't care who they are, from the Pope, the overseers, the giant television ministries, no man or woman has the authority to say you can't do work for God if God's called you. Only one person is in charge of the church. You ready? You know who it is? His name is Jesus Christ. God through eternity has set him, his head over all things to include his bride, the church. I'm not telling you there might, you might, price has, uh, sin has a price. But there is no way that you can just walk away from this. I will not get out. And I'm going to tell you something about sellout. We're fixing to be faced with things like we've never been faced I didn't say that right. We are facing things that we have never faced before as a church. Get ready. i seen this one. I was, uh, touched on it in uh, Sunday school. The, the Bachelor. It's a show I've never watched in my life. I couldn't tell you anything about it other than the commercials or the short snippets I've seen. But I know one of I, I guess that's what it's called. It's one of them Lonely Heart shows where the man comes in, has no wife, and they try to... Hook him up with one. Is that it? Is is that the one? Okay, the bachelor. The guy comes out and says, this was just this week, I want all y'all to know that I'm gay. And I am closer to God than I have ever been. And the first thought that hit me, no, you're not, friend. And not only did the, the, the stupidity don't stop there with him, other preachers and famous people have picked it up. Now, I, I do want to say this, though. My heart goes out to that young man. He's a living, breathing soul, just like you are. And I pray that he repents. If he knows God is his Savior, that's a, if he truly has been saved. But as I see it, if he has been saved in the past, he is slipping far away from God when he says things like, that my relationship is strengthening with God now, better than it's ever been. No, it's not, my friend. Friend, you cannot sell out. The church has got to stand up in love. I don't believe now the other side of that. I know that um, that church in Oklahoma—I think it was called the Westboro Baptist Church—they would stand outside of dead soldiers' funerals with signs that said "God hates fags." And I don't believe. I believe that's just demonic. That's that's not I, I, the best I could ever heard. Brother Cooper. Uh, of the Church of God over in the little small church over there in Georgia, uh, Mount Paragon Church of God, they run ten thousand service. <laughs> Back in the seventies, he said one of the most break things that broke his heart. He was pulling up to a convention in Atlanta, Georgia, and they were protesting this Christian convention. And there was a young man, maybe he said maybe in his early twenties, and he had a sign up. They said, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but it wasn't mine. Said, they were homosexuals. And he said it broke his heart because somewhere along the line, nobody told that young man about Jesus Christ. And that should be our stance, is to tell people I love about God's saving grace and how Jesus can turn their life around. But one thing I will not do, I will not sell out. I'm going to stand for what's right And if there's one subject that I'm going to stand up for in these last days, and that is the right to life for a baby. That baby has a right to be born in this world. If you don't want them to come into this world, don't bring them into this world. And I mean from the very start, I'm not talking about abortion. I'm talking about just, y'all know what I'm saying. Let me move on. (laughs) I won't be pushed out. This world's not going to push me out of the church. There ain't a pandemic big enough to make me stop this church anymore. One time we had a parking lot service. I made that mistake. I repented of it, and I'm not going back again. I'll give one reservation. If they ever shut Walmart down, I'll join in with them and shut the church down. You You can be guaranteed Walmart will not shut down even in the middle of a nuclear holocaust. They will have Walmart open. Get your radiation suits and come right on in. We can allow about a hundred in time. We got anything y'all need back here, whatever's on the shelf. Walmart ain't shutting down, moving on. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. I got to hurry. Colossians three seventeen and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father by him. Anything you do, I'm going to be faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. There's, folks, for whatever you do in word or deed, even if you're pushing a mop and you're doing it for the Lord you're up here at the church and you even got a mop in your hand doing his name whatever you're doing for him do the very best you can you know we'll put effort into all kinds of activities out in the world and some of them are okay we'll do anything we can. Sports, I don't know where it is now, but you know, people would and they'll have their hats and you'll have 20 and 30,000 people out there screaming and man, they get just all kind of memorabilia, and They'll pay 50 and 60 bucks a ticket. I get I don't even know what they cost. I may be lowballing it. seventy-five, eighty on on a nosebleed seat. <laughs> You know, we'll drive hundreds of miles. We'll do all these things to get to those type of events. Now, you know, if you enjoy that, that, that's between you and the Lord. I guess, you know, it's okay, I reckon. Uh, But what if you had that same type of attitude for God? What if you think of your favorite activity today? Whatever you like to do. I don't know what it is. Everybody in here is wired different. You have something you love to do outside the church. I don't know what it is. But you get that in your mind right now. And that you will go all out and put everything into it to go do it. Now, do you put that kind of effort into the Lord? If you put that same effort into the things of the Lord, no telling what could happen here. No telling what could begin to happen in other churches. I, you know, when you walk in that door, and I'm saying this for myself, we ought to be on fire. I, my prayer this morning that I, that I ask God, God, and there's nothing wrong with my walk with God, but I want even more of a zeal and fire for you like I've never had before. Carry me to that next place, God, to where I, I mean I'm just literally... Just on fire, in my spirit for you—that I can't be quenched or stop with anything I'm doing. Let my excitement grow and grow. Oh, you're gonna run people off, getting all excited. No, I won't. That's what got me wanting to go to church. When that preacher get up there, woo! Man, I mean, yeah, I get, I get in there yelling with him. I get him excited. I, come on, brother. The whole, oh, oh! I'd never forget. I, look, I haven't preached over in a while. Y'all be okay. <laughs> I haven't preached over. And I don't know when. Today's the day. I'd never forget. I was sitting in seminary. That's school for Bible, and we're getting around. And I, I, I asked him. There was decades of experience in front of me. Church of God minister. I've been hearing everything y'all got to say. Ask ask if you had any questions. Like I told Glenn this morning, don't ask a preacher to give you a response because you're probably going to get about a 30-40 minute answer. And then y'all got questions. I said, well, I'm hearing things in here in this class, but I ain't heard much about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know that thing that we're all about, this Pentecostal movement. And this little girl beside me, well, Brother Wilson... We have to be calm and consider the people coming in the church, and we don't need to talk about that. I said, "Last I checked, I am in the Church of God, right?" That's one of the things that appealed to me was that excitement and zeal, and that there's a supernatural work of the Holy Ghost. Something that I can feel. Something that is supernatural. I glenn said it this morning. Don't tell me these kids nowadays are not looking for something real. They're tired of hearing our rhetoric. They're tired of hearing that all oh, we used to heal. see healings and people were raised from the dead and there's been the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Show them. Show them. Quit talking about it and show them the works of God. Well, I'm not Jesus. Well, Jesus said you'll do works greater than me. What are you waiting on? I'm faithful, reliable, capable, dependent. Last thing, and I promise I'll shut it down. If God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. You know, if you're in the military, young men never go in the military, I'll tell you one thing gets you in trouble in two seconds and gets you thrown out. Don't show up for formation. When they have formation every morning, Reveille, you'll get up 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock you assemble out on that pad, and you can get ready for a two-mile run. I don't care where you've been. If you've not been a good soldier, you haven't been showing up. I ain't just talking about church service. I'm talking about showing up on the battlefield, friends. All that other stuff will work out as you're serving him. Don't worry about that. You're not going to make every church service. God's not going to send you to hell. Preacher may be looking for you, but he'll be all right. Show up. Show up on the battlefield. Today's a new day. When you walk out of there today, if you didn't get anything else out of this, when you walk out of here today, say, you know what, God? I'm your soldier, and I want to show up. And you ask him how you need to show up. Open that word of God, and I promise you he'll reveal it to you. Y'all would
0: This brings us to the end of this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Be sure to come back often for more great sermons and commercial free Christian music stream 24 hours a day. If you need someone to pray with you, we have a prayer wall at Power of the Cross Radio website. You can leave your request there and also help others pray for their needs. We also offer live prayer periodically throughout the day as intercessors are available. Just click on the talk icon at the bottom right of any page. If someone is available, you can chat live or leave your message if no one is available. Thank you for joining us today, and may God bless you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. All rights reserved.